0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com In today's Viva podcast, we'll be talking with Mary Gavoni about OSHA compliance. Mary is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and consultant working with dental teams for more than 40 years on clinical efficiency, infection prevention, ergonomics, and team communication. She has a master's in business administration and is an RDH and CDA. Mary, thanks again for joining us on Dental Talk.
1: Thank you, Phil. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so and we're happy to have you. So OSHA compliance, that's a, a big issue in the dental world these days. Um, my first question is: what are the OSHA standards that affect dental practices or facilities today?
1: Great question. There are three main standards, and then some other initiatives that affect dental practices. Number one is the General Workplace Safety Standard from OSHA, which dates all the way back to the beginning of OSHA in 1970. And essentially, this standard is sort of the umbrella or the the mother standard, if you will, for all of the other subsequent safety standards that might affect dentistry or other industries. And in the General Workplace Safety Standard, there is a clause called the General Duty Clause which obligates every employer to provide a workplace safe from known hazards. So this includes things like electrical safety and fire safety and evacuation routes and and things that we might not normally think of because mostly dental practices think of the hazard communication standard, which of course is about chemical safety and safety data sheets and labeling of products and so forth. And then, of course, we have the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard, which is all of our information um, for employee protection on bloodborne pathogens, infection prevention. And then there's some other initiatives that OSHA also looks at. The, the most, I think, critical one, especially in light of what has been happening in our, in our society in the last few years, is prevention of workplace violence. So, under that general workplace safety standard, any employer needs to have some kind of a plan to prevent or at least have a level of awareness of the possibility of workplace violence. And the best advice I can give to any dental practice in that respect is keep the private entrance or the back door to your dental facility locked at all times. So many practices leave it unlocked for the delivery folks to come in and and bring packages and things. But someone who has bad intentions could easily sneak in the back door, um, not only harm people, but they can steal things as well. So that's probably the most important thing that anybody could do in that respect.
0: So what types of documentation does a dental practice or dental facility need in order to be OSHA compliant?
1: Dental practices need quite a bit of documentation to be compliant, and these are spelled out in the various standards. The most important record to OSHA is a training record, and OSHA requires initial training for employees before they actually start performing some kind of duties like clinical functions that might put them at risk of exposure to bloodborne pathogens. And OSHA also requires training to be done if there are Procedural changes or products are changed, something that would require employees to know or do something different in their daily tasks. And then annual training updates are required. And so those training records must be kept on file for at least three years. I tell practices, keep the training records forever because you just never know when somebody might challenge the fact that they did or did not receive any training in in an office. Um, We need to keep vaccination records on employees, um, whether they've had their hepatitis B vaccine or not, or whether they've refused to have a hepatitis B vaccine if they're a member of the clinical team. Practices need to have written safety plans. In other words, they need to have what OSHA would call an exposure control plan, which details all of the things that the practice does to prevent exposure of the employees to infectious disease, particularly bloodborne pathogens. And then they also need to have a chemical safety plan which details all of the protocols that are in place for preventing chemical exposures or protecting employees from chemical exposures. And other types of um, Documentation for OSHA would include copies of any kind of incident reports. If an employee experiences a needle stick or a puncture with a contaminated instrument, that's an exposure incident and it needs to be documented. They should also be keeping logs of sterilization monitoring and other what OSHA would call housekeeping procedures. How do they clean up a blood spill, for example? What are the protocols for following post-exposure Um, incident where does an employee go um, for testing and so forth if they've had a needle stick or a cut with a contaminated instrument now the one challenge I think that practices have is where do we go how do we get this kind of information how do we know what what format to use it in and there are a lot of resources for osha documentation including the american dental association which has had an osha compliance manual that's customizable for a very long time and it's very well done Um, but the trend that i see and what i encourage all of the practices i work with now is to take all this documentation and have it converted to electronic format so that you can access it from your computer you don't have a bunch of papers and manuals sitting around that that nobody looks at make it easy and accessible electronically
0: so is this um, scanning these documents once they're filled out or is there electronic platforms that can you can input directly into the electronic uh, form
1: it's actually both you could if you purchased a manual that only came with paper um, in a paper format, then you could scan those documents and save them. It's it's a little harder than to edit them. But many of the manuals that you can purchase now come with electronic um, documentation so that you can use a Word file or a fillable PDF file for editing and, and putting information in. I, I made a conscious decision about a year ago that for all the The practices that I work with, I no longer provide paper manuals to them unless they absolutely insist. And then it's it's an extra charge because it's so much more manageable electronically and it is acceptable to OSHA, including the safety data sheets. Um, OSHA used to want us to have all of our um, safety data sheets in paper format, and now they say it's fine to have them electronically
0: in today's day and age, that certainly makes sense. Do employers need to follow the OSHA rules just as the employees?
1: Yes, they do. And it's so interesting. In the early days of OSHA compliance and when all of us in dentistry were kind of learning our way around um, regulations, there were a number of people that said, okay, OSHA is, is employee safety. That's their jurisdiction. And so Doctors, if you are uh, an incorporated practice, then you're an employee and you have to follow the OSHA rules. But if you are not an incorporated practice and you are the employer, then you don't have to follow them. And OSHA actually issued a ruling or an interpretation about that, saying that employers are the enforcers, the standard setters, and the example setters for the practice. And so they are held to the same standard even if they are not. An employee in a practice. And it, it just sort of stands to reason that you can't enforce the rules. And in the OSHA hazard communication standard, it actually goes as far as to say that there needs to be some type of disciplinary protocol in place for employees who will not wear their personal protective equipment or won't follow chemical safety protocols. And so if I don't follow them as the employer, how can I enforce that to my employees? Mm -hmm. Employers have to set the example.
0: Okay. So, and one of these questions that I had, which actually is the last question in this segment of our podcast was about safety data sheets. You kind of answered that already which was, um, can they actually store safety data sheets electronically, or do they have to have paper copies? So you kind of covered that, but do you want to elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yes, I would. Um, the, The reality is that the manufacturers now have done such an amazing job of making their safety data sheets available on their websites that it's so easy for a practice to be able to get the electronic versions. But they have to start first with what OSHA would call a chemical inventory. So they need to have a list of all of the products that they have in their practice for which they need safety data sheets. So they need for disinfectants, for lab products, for restorative materials, for fluorides, and essentially anything but a consumer cleaning product like a glass cleaner or a bathroom cleaner or something like that and they don't need to put medications on their chemical inventory so once they have that list and i always advise people to put it either in a word document in a table format or even better put it in an excel spreadsheet so that they can easily sort it and alphabetize it and update it as they need to then they take that and they literally go down the list and go to the manufacturer's websites and download to a separate folder the PDF version of that safety data sheet. It's so simple. I used to spend days doing these um, compilations for my clients from the chemical inventory to gathering all the paper and printing and, and doing all of that for safety data sheets. And I would say an average practice has about, a general practice, has about 90 products typically in their inventory. And it's a matter of two to three hours of dedicated time to pull that um, list and the safety data sheets together. And then I advise people to store those folders, the inventory and the folder with the safety data sheets on their server. That way they could be accessed from any workstation in the practice. And it should then be part of the backup. So no one ever loses that information. It's getting backed up all the time. It's mm-hmm. just so simple to do. No, that's do. A,
0: that's incredible uh, protocol. So what what is your recommendation as far as upkeeping this these SDSs? So how often does a practice look over, maybe they get some new products brought into the office. Mm-hmm. Someone has to inventory that new, those new chemical products. How often do you recommend doing that?
1: I would say that they add new products into the inventory and add the safety data sheets as they come into the practice. So OSHA requires that every facility has an OSHA manager, somebody who's in charge of all the documentation and enforcement and so forth that needs to be done for compliance. So whoever that OSHA manager is can either be the person who does the updating or perhaps it's the person In the practice who does the ordering of supplies and so they're the one that would know when there are new products and so part of that protocol for bringing a new product into the office number one would be familiarizing themselves with the instructions on how to use it Um, Hmm. and that's a whole nother webcast Um, the other and then they can check to make sure that they have the safety data sheet on file Download it and make sure it's added to the inventory. And then perhaps once a month, just do a quick review. And I would say probably a couple of times a year, the, the safety data sheet information doesn't change very often. So I would say maybe every six months or so, go through the entire list and just see if there's a newer version of a safety data sheet and replace
0: it. Okay, that's uh, very good information. Again, from Mary Gavoni, we're very happy to have her on this podcast today. And if you have any questions or you want to reach Mary Gavoni, uh, you shared your URL with us before. Is it marygavoni.com? Yes, it is. Okay, so please reach, reach out to Mary. And you you do some training and um, programs with dental offices and facilities that include uh, OSHA standards as well.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I provide OSHA compliance programs for I can do an evaluation to see where a practice um, may be lacking in compliance. I can help them put together all the documentation they need, including their safety data sheets, if they don't want to do it themselves.
0: Okay, great. And you have do you have a team that uh, works with you, Mary? Because I know you can't handle every. Yeah, you can't (laughs) handle every dental office in the country. So
1: I do. I have a I have uh, another consultant specifically that works with me. And um, helps assist me with with working on those clients. and then if we get if we get really really busy with a lot of new clients, then I bring in a team of folks that I network with all the time to help me with that.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a great service. Well thank you very much, Mary again for being with us and uh, we're looking forward to a future podcast on infection control, which you're famous for or infection prevention. And um, we all know that that's one of your topics of expertise and we'll have you on our future podcast shortly for for that topic Um, but as far as this one goes it was excellent information and thanks so much for joining us today thank you for having me